Hello and welcome to The Green Stream, a podcast brought to you by Sustainable Business Network Detroit, a network of partnerships between Southeast Michigan stakeholders, innovators, and changemakers. Each partner is on a mission to advance and amplify sustainable business practices, and we're here to learn from, share, and help activate a sustainable way forward for Greater Detroit. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review and join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And head over to our website, sbn-detroit.org. Now, let's listen in to our conversation with today's sustainability leaders. Well, hello, and thank you so much for everyone for joining us today. I'm Terry Barclay, and I'm the chair of the Sustainable Business Network of Detroit. And I'm also president and CEO of Inforum which is one of the largest networks really in the country for business women who are focused on accelerating their careers and connecting and giving back and making the world a positive difference in the world. Um, And I am just beyond thrilled that Neil Hawkins is joining us today on the green stream. So Neil, has an incredible background. He is one of our country's most renowned leaders in this space. And Neil, tell us a little bit about your current and former jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Terry, it's a real pleasure to be with you here today. And you've done a fantastic job uh, marshalling and leading the Sustainable Business Network of Detroit. Um, So I'm Neil Hawkins. I'm president of the Herb Family Foundation. Um, I've been here for four years, which primarily focuses in uh, Southeast Michigan, as well as the Great Lakes. Prior to that, and we do environment, arts, and other funding. Uh, But prior to that, I was with Dow Chemical for 31 years. Uh, where for the last decade, I was the chief sustainability officer, uh, a C-suite executive and corporate vice president for environment, health and safety. So I've I've been at this a long time. Um, I'm a lifer in sustainability, and it's a real honor to be uh, working for the Herb family and advancing uh, environmental and social sustainability in this region. And I just have to, I just have to say, you know, you left out the PhD from Harvard part, but um, aren't you also teaching at Harvard now? Oh, yeah. Thank you for mentioning that, Terry. Uh, Harvard, through its extension school, offers a master's degree in sustainability. So anybody viewing this who has an interest in remote learning and achieving a master's in sustainability can do so through Harvard. Within that Harvard program specifically, I manage the uh, sustainability capstone. So at the end of the master's program, people can either do a research thesis or can do a client-based project uh, as a consultant to a real live company. So also, if you're watching this and you have a project that fits with three to four months of intensive effort, let me know. I'd be happy to try to match you with a student. Ah, what a what a wonderful opportunity that'll be. And um, and Neil, I'm just so glad that we're here together to sort of celebrate the second year launch of SBND's work. 
um, because you're really one of the innovative and creative thinkers, one of the top ones that I know. And so uh, we really have benefited from your lifer status in this in this field. So so talk a little bit about what the initial vision was and and what the seeds were behind launching the Sustainable Business Network of Detroit. Yeah, thank you, Terry. The uh, as I said, I worked for the Herb Family Foundation, and Fred and Barbara Herb, more than twenty-five years ago, uh, founded and funded the Herb Institute at the University of Michigan, which is arguably one of the top, if not the top, sustainable business program in the world. So the Herb Family has been involved with sustainable business for many, many, many years. So when I came in here as the uh, president and I looked around in Southeast Michigan, it struck me that the, the interests of Fred and Barbara Urban sustainable business had not extended enough into the Detroit area. So we commissioned a study and Sarah McCall, um, who also works with Sustainable Business Network in Detroit, uh, but not at that time, she led a study for, for us on what were the needs in the region. And she interviewed, I believe, 40 leaders in the region, wrote a long report for us. But our conclusion was there was a lot of low-hanging fruit, a lot of opportunity, and we just wanted to bring together enough resources to try to get something started because we we felt like the based upon the report that there wasn't enough joint collaborative activity to to help deliver uh southeast michigan and the ecosystem of companies uh to where they should be and so that was the origin of the idea. It came from a report we commissioned, and then we initiated and got it started. You know, and Neil, could you talk a little bit, you know, what really excites me deeply about this work and, and SBND and this moment in time is that this is a very unusual moment in time mm-hmm. where there's a lot of opportunity converging um, in this region. Could you talk a little bit about that? Uh, the uh, Well, first off, uh, one thing that characterized our region's approach was a siloed approach. Oh. And... I think that's always going to be true of any region, and it's always going to be true of a university, and it's always going to be true of whatever. But sustainability is a team sport. And unless all the players are at least acknowledging that working together can advance things faster, um, you're going to... uh, not optimize the opportunity. And to your point, Terry, we are in a period of enormous opportunity. And, you know, some people might say a threat, too. I choose to look at it as opportunity. And I believe we're approaching it that way. But let's just take a couple of examples. I mean, the total transformation of 
the mobility sector by itself is uh, with Detroit being the motor city, uh, the internal combustion motor city for the time being, it, it is a huge opportunity to make that transition to electric and EVs. And all of the different companies here, both the major companies, but also all the suppliers uh, see the opportunity. Um, but to bring the resources here, the investment, the resources that are potentially available, you really need a, to have alignment with state government, local governments, uh, the ecosystem of companies, NGOs. NGOs can help facilitate these kinds of transitions or they could they can slow them down depending on how the companies are approaching them. So having everybody in the same boat together rowing is optimal. And there is a huge opportunity here in the form of Inflation Reduction Act funds, as well as infrastructure. Uh, if you look at the infrastructure of Southeast Michigan, like other cities, there needs to be a lot of investment. So this is an opportunity because there are federal funds for both uh, renewables, EV transitions, and infrastructure investments that uh, Southeast Michigan could together leapfrog and really uh, move to a position of strength uh, globally. But it's going to take a lot of thought and a lot of joint action and collaborative action to achieve that. That's one area. I, I think the other area, Terry, that, uh, well, there are a couple of others, but I think in the area of social sustainability, mm -hmm. there, there's tremendous opportunity in this region to um, have an inclusive, more inclusive, but actually a truly inclusive economy that as this transition happens, more people are brought along um, with the uh, new wealth that, uh, and when I say wealth, I mean at all levels, um, bring along everybody and improve everybody's uh, well-being and quality of life. Mm -hmm. if, a, if a region is thinking thoughtfully about this with the companies, with government, with NGOs, academia, you have a shot at doing that. Mm -hmm. If you sub-optimize and this company's just trying to get what it wants, and this company's trying to get what it wants, and this NGO's trying to stop those companies from getting what they want, mm -hmm. and the government is not aligned at all and not helping, you can't get anywhere. Now, in the last three years, I've seen tremendous collaboration and a lot of ongoing effort. And, and Michigan's won some and Michigan's lost some. But now I'm starting to see a lot more wins in terms of the major investments. But how those get spent with the local community across a value chain, that's kind of where we're headed now. And that requires uh, people to work together and listen, listen to each other. Yeah. You know, um, you and I both have had conversations with one of the faculty people actually at the University of Michigan who um, characterizes this time 
as when you talk about sort of the 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 justice and the equity element of this, mm-hmm. this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to mm-hmm. really build generational wealth in parts of the community that have never had access or mm-hmm. opportunity for doing that. Um, and and he actually is quite eloquent in talking about that in SBND. Um, is going to be featuring uh, him and others who see this as um, just a very unique moment in time. And and the other thing that I kept, I was kind of chuckling to myself as you were talking because um, uh, I don't want to be seen as uh, promoting one company over another because there's so many companies doing great things. But uh, General Motors slogan about electric vehicles everybody in that's what i was thinking of when you were saying i mean this is really a moment um where we need everybody in on sustainability and we have a real opportunity to do that um the the other thing i just wanted to mention in just in just some work that i was doing uh recently we to this whole subject of the transformation of what has traditionally been Southeast Michigan's core industry, the automotive industry, we're finding so many hidden opportunities in that transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ones that I was just looking at the other day, um, I, I think we, I think probably most of us could agree that traditionally the automotive industry as a whole has been seen as a male dominated uh, industry really pretty much at all levels from engineering up to the C-suite. And what the data is showing us now, this is just one example, is that more gender diversity, gender balance is being brought to that industry because the talented women engineers are more interested in being part of the mobility industry going forward than the traditional internal combustion um, automotive industry. So we're starting to see real opportunities to bring more diversity and inclusion to a giant, a global giant industry. You know, it's just really exciting. It's so you're, exciting. you're a real leader in that globally well, <laughs> and nationally, no. Terry, and you've built a whole lifetime and career around those opportunities. I, I want to mention the other night I was um, at a speech by uh, President Mary Robinson, the former president of Ireland, the former uh, head of human rights for the UN, and the former special envoy for climate uh, for the UN. And one of her key messages was, and I agree with her, that she believes women will need to lead the world to climate justice. She believes that the way, and I agree with her, the way women work and the way women lead uh, provides a new pathway, new pathways to get there. Because the pathways of the last 50 years or 30 years, which have been competitive between countries or competitive across companies, are they're not working. And we're we're on a trajectory. We're on the cusp of having a complete and total revolution in renewable energy and alternative energy and EVs. But we're also on the cusp of going over the ledge in uh, climate. 
And so we've got two cusps and we need to lower the risk on the climate catastrophe because there's a huge justice issue with it and optimize the uh, the transition to cleaner energy. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, one of our key points is we need a collaborative leadership and women on average tend to lead differently. And so to your point, I think that's true in companies. I think it's true uh, in regions. I think it's true in governments. It's not to say men leaders are, are not good. That's not what I'm saying. But when the stakes involve trying to get people together to solve a thorny, impossible problem, um, uh, she would put her money on women leaders uh, needing to step up. Mm. She would also say a lot of women leaders don't step up mm. and she's calling on them to do so to step up. I, I think she also had a quote and I'm going to be not getting it quite right from Nelson Mandela. And she, and she said it uh, during her talk, but it was something like, you know, Everything seems impossible Mm. till it's done. Everything seems impossible until it's done. Mm -hmm. So she also was very uh, positive and very solutions oriented. This wasn't at all a negative kind of climate talk, Mm -hmm. but I, I think there's something there and it intertwines with social sustainability. She does a lot of work in Africa Mm. with African leaders and European leaders. So she has a little bit different vantage point, but I don't think it's any different than Southeast Michigan. And when I think about Sustainable Business Network of Detroit, the current uh, steering team that you've assembled, we have tremendous leaders, both male and and female. And we have a tremendous array of companies uh, the right set of NGOs. Uh, it, it's really an, a, a very impressive group that you've assembled, Terry. Well, with um, you uh, right at the center of that, Neil, and and all the doors that you have opened um, have are really just powerful. So along those lines, talk about what differentiates SBND. I know that that one of the things that I feel, because there are other networks out there focused on sustainability, um, from where I sit, I still see those networks as somewhat siloed. You know, it's uh, networks for specific segments. And I think part of what we're trying to do with SBND is bridge that, you know, blend those networks together. But what do you see as the differentiators? Yeah, I you know, at, at the start of this, we sort of looked at other cities and tried to come up with other models and uh and also based on my experience in the private sector at Dow, I did not see any model that really fit the needs of Southeast Michigan. So we just got started and you were very key in that. Um and with others, uh, we just, this was during COVID too. <laughs> it was. We, we <laughs> got started and we had some false starts and we we had some fits and starts, but we we really got 
got things moving, okay? And then as we got into it, then we started refining the opportunity for a new network that I think will eventually become a best-in-class case study somewhere. We'll need to get someone to study it later on. But I I think it's very, you know, forming the whole basis of the activity around collaboration, um, I think, is different. You know, you see other networks that have a communication focus only. We have very good communications, but it's for purpose of fostering collaboration. We get uh, people together in different ways and different settings and and companies of different sizes, NGOs and companies, uh, government with NGOs and companies. Uh, we learn together. We'll have a big event like Catherine Hayhoe uh, that you brought in uh, from the Nature Conservancy. That was a huge success. And we had a myriad of companies and people and then in person and then a huge audience and many viewings afterwards. But that coming out of COVID, I would say Sustainable Business Network of Detroit really helped lead us back. And this is largely through Inforum Savvy, lead us back to being able to have in-person events. You had an environmental justice event in Detroit I went to. Um, and that was, you know, like barely out of the COVID period. And people were still quite nervous, but you figured out how to make people comfortable, provide the opportunity, but we still, um, you know, found ways to make it available. But I, I think the other thing, okay, we have, we have this focus on convening and communicating to foster collaboration, but we have other things that others may have, but not all of these things. Let me give you another example. The the pitch competition. We run, and we're going to be in our second pitch competition here soon at Wayne State University, along with um, UDM Mercy, along with Lawrence Tech, along with CCS. So we have a cross-university pitch competition. Okay, so there are many pitch competitions out there in the world, but there aren't that many that are built around fostering collaboration across a region of 4 million people and thousands of companies. It's it's a different thought. Uh, Another thing we have that is remarkable, um, we've recently added um, Lawrence Tech uh, Centropolis into our, you know, our engine of of collaboration and change. And Dan and his team over there are providing uh, consulting support to small and medium-sized enterprises on how they can make their companies more sustainable. So that's that's a consultant and technical support activity linked to a strong communication engine linked to an events, uh, you know, machine that's remarkable, linked to research, both at Wayne State, but at the University of Michigan through the Herb Institute. 
Um, there's just so many things going on. Uh, we're, you know, we're looking forward and we'll have uh, hosted uh, President Santa Ono from the University of Michigan who will come to Detroit and speak about the sustainable business opportunity uh, for our region, but also for his great university. These are things that honestly would not have happened at all without the Sustainable Business Network of Detroit. So I don't, I really don't see, to your original question, I don't see any other regions with a better mousetrap than you and the steering team have developed. So congratulations. <laughs> well, um, it, you know, and boy, do we have our work cut out for us because uh, mm -hmm. there are so many opportunities. And I just think the richness comes from having such diverse uh, segments coming mm -hmm. together and providing the conditions where that collaboration and innovation can occur. Um you know, it's uh, rare. I think we're all so goal and task oriented that um, to actually have a place that values cre creating those conditions is mm -hmm. it is itself pretty unique. Um, mm -hmm. You know, without a predetermined outcome in mind, mm -hmm. but leaving enough room for uh, for that collaboration mm -hmm. and creativity to emerge, that's really if we're going to win this war, <laughs> we're going to need we're going to need that. <laughs> well, and, and another thing I should mention, uh, you know, when we got started, there was there was nothing, there was no collaboration, there was no, you know, I, I'm saying there was some, but no programmatic effort. If, if viewers uh, go look at the Sustainable Business Network of Detroit website and follow it on LinkedIn, follow it on Twitter, we have some of the best curated content available. So the work's being done for you, companies and NGOs, and we have podcasts that are excellent podcasts. And we have webinars and interviews like what we're doing and, 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 and. I think the curated content that we do have, as well as these other video and audio options, some of the best in the country. And I, I promote on Twitter myself all of these. Yes, uh, you have a large following, Neil. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I have friends tell me uh, from other regions, wow, that's great. I wish we had that. And I said, hey, bring your company to Detroit and you'll have it in your backyard. <laughs> uh, but people like what we're doing. And I think all the, all the companies in the region, they ought to be retweeting and reposting these things. And encouraging their employees to look at it. I mean, you look at what we have over a six-month period, it's like you went to a quality training class somewhere. I mean, this is really, and it's right there, it's free, and it, it gives different dimensions, sometimes social sustainability, sometimes environmental, sometimes how to work with governments. I mean, whatever, it's all there. You know, it really is. And um, 
you know, we, I, I think that it is so important and sometimes we underestimate the importance of elevating and celebrating and telling those stories of what's happening in the community. Pardon me, I had to pause for a cough. I've been shaking off a cold here. I was impressed you got the mute button on. (laughs) Well, no one wants anybody to cough in their ear. (laughs) So, um, but seriously, the the, um, fascinating work that is being done um, and I, I would just encourage anybody listening to or watching this to take a minute and browse through the library because um, let me tell you, if you're looking for perspective, inspiration, or inspiration, if you're looking to learn new things, and most importantly, if you're looking to make some strategic connections that may Absolutely. propel your next success or venture, uh, SBND is the hub where you can quickly connect across sort of a broad uh, spectrum of organizations and companies. So, so Neil, I have to ask you, what's your dream? You know, what's your dream the next two to five or longer years? Um, what are some of the projects that SBND is going to going to be working on? I know that um there's probably some of those we're not, we're, as they say in Texas, we're fixing to do that we may not quite be ready to talk about yet. But I think that we're interested in data and in um, mm-hmm. continuing to look at how our, our, the companies in our economy are doing and where those opportunities are and on the sustainability front. Um, what else, what's your dream for what you see for the future? Well, <clears throat> the steering teams recently set up a, a series of work groups and task forces that will attack different things. And you mentioned research. Um, uh, we're going to we're not going to research everything. We want to determine what research could be beneficial to accelerating positive change in the region. We're going to be looking at um, uh, how to benchmark. Uh, our region versus other regions, but also companies within the region. We're going to be mapping uh, all the efforts going on in the region and state probably um, because uh, nobody has time to do multiple and many things. So we want to, and we've been very careful, Terry, you and I and, and the others on our team not to duplicate because it, life's too short and nobody has time. But a thoughtful look at how can we optimize, um, not to control anything, but how to maximize the output for the benefit. We're gonna be looking at uh, speakers, bringing them in, but also placing our speakers. We have some of the most incredible experts and company leaders uh, in the country and in the world. Uh, we want to get the message out about the great things happening here. Um, and I've been seeing more of that. I've been seeing, let me give you an example. I've been seeing Detroit Edison out more and nationally on some of their great uh, work going on in the city of Detroit. So uh, I, I think it's an in and out uh, 
thought process, coaching and mentoring. Uh, we want to really, not in any sort of bureaucratic way, but we really want to foster company to company uh, mentoring, uh, professional to professional, professional to student. There are so many great universities around. I, I think there's some really cool things that can happen. Now, relative to the long term, you know, I, what I'd like to see is some evidence that the collaboration of the private sector with itself, within itself, with NGOs, with government, with academia, has put us in a position to leapfrog over and achieve accelerated environmental and social sustainability over the next, I'd say, 10 to 20 years. Mm -hmm. Sustainable development can't be measured in two years. It can only be measured maybe in 10 to 20 years. Mm -hmm. But I think you and I, when we're, you know, hanging out somewhere, having a nice glass of wine <laughs> 20 years from now, we'll be able to say uh, that we really helped accelerate. And when I say we, I mean, SBND, we really helped accelerate progress in this region. And that that would be immensely satisfying, but also gratifying that because the well-being that will happen for people, for our companies, uh, the technologies and innovations that will be made available to the world, uh, that'll be very gratifying. So I'm, I, I'm looking forward to feeling like we had a small part in doing that. Such a great, um, such a great vision. I think part of mine, if you were to ask me that question, I think that part of my dream for the future is that Detroit and Southeast Michigan and Michigan is recognized mm -hmm. as being a hub or the hub mm -hmm. um, for one of certainly one of the key hubs for sustainable business in our country. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that we're we're at a point that where that could be a reality. Um, not only do we have great uh, thought leadership and expertise through our really fabulous network of universities in the state, but our core industries across the state, actually, but certainly in Southeast Michigan, are laser focused on making this transformation. And I think that we could be a magnet for that work, for excellence, for leadership in the field. And that the moment is really now, we're in the midst of this transformation right now. And as you said, I suppose it could go either way. <laughs> But um, that's what Mary Robinson said. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think we're going to make the, the positive transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Any other things that you have learned, you know, your career is just so remarkable, Neil, and you're so always so generous in sharing, um, you know, your thoughts and you're such an original thinker. Are there any other things that you think our audience should uh, 
have at the front of their minds as they go through their their world, their spheres of influence, their work, um, and pursue their interests because uh, mm-hmm. we know that they are interested in building a more sustainable planet. What yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, the one thing I would tell viewers um, is they need to really think about the value proposition of sustainability for themselves, for their companies, for their organizations. And and just from a company point of view, sustainability is not a fad, okay? I know there are some people out there that think, ah, this is a fad, it's gonna go away. It it is not a fad. It's a major uh, trend driving business for the next hundred years. So, Uh, But how does that manifest itself in value? First, uh, top line growth. If you're developing new products, Mm. innovating um, that go with these trends, you will make more money. Okay, so that's top line growth. Bottom line growth. If you're an inefficient user of fossil based energy, over time, that will get costlier and costlier. So as you make the transition, you will save money for your company. And that's bottom line growth. Um, Another key area for value creation for a company is your workforce. You're only as good as the workforce you have. And attracting, retaining, and developing top talent, and I mean worldwide or locally, Nobody wants to work for a company that's harming the environment or harming people. They don't. So this is a key value creator for your company if you get ahead of it and you're helping your employees understand their role within your company and why your company's addressing these things and how they can help and that when they are wanting to develop to become leaders, that you expect them to understand environmental and social sustainability. Uh, Collaboration, which we've talked about a lot, is the fourth. And then the fifth is investors. And I know it's controversial a little bit out there right now. (laughs) It really shouldn't be. The amount of money that will be devoted to investing in more sustainable companies versus less sustainable is trillions and trillions and trillions. And that's a a trend that is not going to change. It's global. It's all through Europe, through Asia, through the United States, Canada. It's not going to change. So this whole ESG area and meeting investor expectations is a key value proposition. So I I would encourage people, and I I wrote a short piece about that a while back, but I think understanding that, if you're an NGO, understanding that for your own NGO, but also for the economic engine of your, your area, if you're in government, understand the value levers that uh, companies should care about 
and you should care about is government. So that's that's the one thing I would encourage people to think about. And then watch your if you have children or you're around young young people, watch what they're interested in. That's your future. And and I think if you're hearing interest in climate change, and most young people are very concerned about climate change, I mean young, um, this is not going to change. So help get your company, get yourself positioned on the side of addressing it thoughtfully uh, and making a difference. Yeah, that's that, those are really great. Five great pieces of of advice. You know, um, I just want to sort of say a couple things in in closing as we come to the mm-hmm. end of our time together. the The first is just I hope that everyone listening and watching will really stay tuned because year two of SBND mm-hmm. is going to be filled with opportunity. Um, you know, I know we've got a powerful lineup of activities that are going to really be going full bore this coming year. Um, events, large and small, where you can find perspective insp- and inspiration, but where you also can build your strategic connections that will help you be successful in achieving your goals. And so many opportunities for us to come together and collaborate to create those opportunities in a way that are equitable and just Mm -hmm. and help um, everyone succeed in the future. So um, I'm really, really excited about this coming year. I want to say thank you to the Herb Family Foundation and to you, Neil, um, for the support that you've provided for this nascent network. And I think that um, this next year is just going to be one that's really successful and interesting that you won't want to miss. So um, just thank you so much, Neil, for taking time to join us um, at SBND today. And it's so much fun talking to you. Yeah, thank you, Terry. And, And those of you watching, If you want to be involved, contact either me or Terry or anybody else, and we will find a way. We have so many ways you can get directly involved, and we are very happy. We're not a closed club. No. We're an open source outfit. So just let us know, and we will get you patched in to make a difference by joining others who care about the same uh, opportunity for our region. So thank you, Terry. And thank you, Neil. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. Thank you for tuning in to the Sustainable Business Network Detroit, the Green Stream podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to follow us on sbn-detroit.org and stay tuned for more conversations on sustainability from inside and around the city.